Rachel. Welcome to the Tim's Take. Week seven. Here we are. Another episode. Seven episodes. That feels like it's a real podcast. It does. It feels like we have some documentation of this whole experience for us, which is very exciting. It almost feels to me like that's long enough to justify upgrading equipment. I don't think we're quite there yet. Oh. Matt is trying to convince me all week that we need to upgrade to better mics and spend some of Oliver's baby registry money on them. No, that's not quite right. It's just moving some funds around to support him. One day, you know, who knows? Maybe this podcast will send him to college. So it's just an investment. Through all of our sponsors? Yeah, through all of our sponsors. Baby Bjorn, we're still waiting to hear back. Okay, question. Do you think Oliver will listen to this podcast one day? I think it is more likely that someone who dates Oliver listens to this podcast than that Oliver listens to this podcast. That is true. When I first started dating you, you had a podcast already out in the air called... Hashtag Atrium. Shout out to James Smoker. And when I was a little infatuated, I admit I listened to all of the episodes. Granted, that was an excellent podcast. Are you saying this is not an excellent podcast? No, I'm just saying there was good reason for you to listen to it. That was a little different, though, because in this case, Oliver is not on this podcast, but it is all about him. That's true. Mostly. Although one thing that I'm sharing today is not really about him as much, but kind of. Well, we'll find out. That's in the what future. we call a top of the episode tease. But unfortunately, it's my low, so we're about to get right into it. <laughs> okay, take us there. All right, let's start with lows. This is my low. And I just need to set the scene for you a little bit. It's after dinner. I'm sitting in our little rocking chair, holding my son, soothing him so that my wonderful wife, Rachel, can do whatever she needs to do. And she says, oh, can I get can I get us dessert? I say, sure. Well, that would be amazing. What a generous, generous offer. Thank you, Rachel. Oh, what do you want? Uh, well, what about, don't we have some some of those Trader Joe's mini cones that are so delicious? They're just enough to satisfy that sweet tooth, but not too much. And oh, that, that crunchy cone and the chocolate at the bottom, it's just the right balance. What about one of those? And Rachel says, great, sounds good. So she comes over a couple minutes later and offers me, well, she has two mini cones in her hand, of course, which are not both for me. One is for her, uh, one is for me. And I kind of notice that she's not really clearly giving me one. She's got both in one hand. And so I kind of reach out, but she just shifts her hand subtly as I do that. And this so point is to be debated. It seems clear that she's indicating me to take the one closest to me, which I do. No problem. They look exactly the same. And so I think I'm still holding him eating a mini cone. We're watching a show and I'm eating this mini cone. And I just think this this cone doesn't have the usual crispness. And it didn't. It was quite soft, which then made me think, you know, this is what cookies do when they get stale. They get soft. Is this a stale mini cone? And I look over at Rachel and I said, how long have we had these mini cones? At which point she didn't turn as deep a shade of red as I might have expected based on what she then revealed, which was that there had been one cone that had been sitting in our freezer for months and there was a fresh pack of mini cones. And Rachel had taken one of each and proffered to me the more stale one. This is not true. I offered you both 
equally. And shifted your hand ever so subtly so that I might take the old one. So she didn't tell me this until I basically finished the cone. I thought we were eating the same kind of thing, but she was enjoying the crisp indulgence of a Trader Joe's mini cone while I was enjoying the rather stale, soft, mealy version. And here's how it relates to Oliver. I don't want to say that human beings are limited in the amount of love they can have. But it might be that Rachel is expending so much love on our son that she failed in this moment to think that at least we could have had a conversation about who might eat the stale mini cone. That was my love for the week. I think you're actually giving me more credit than I'm due because the reality is I do love Oliver. But even before him, there's times I've done this. Because, are you saying this is not the first time? Because we are inherently selfish as human beings, as Oliver will learn as he grows up. And so are his parents. And sometimes we are flawed. And that is why we need grace and forgiveness, which I humbly ask for, for all the times that I proffered you the stale dessert that I also want. This moment is now my new low. I had not realized this was a serial she was a serial we all offender. We do this sometimes. We're selfish human beings. We want the better thing. And sometimes in my weakest moments, when I'm tired and I want the crisp mini cone, and I feel bad just handing you the stale one, I offer you both and let you pick so the blame does not fall solely on my shoulders. I think the point that is worth noting is there was not just one crisp mini cone. There were eight of them. But we had to get rid of the old one. And I did not know how old it was. It clearly did not have to happen that night, though. Yes, there was only one left in the box. <laughs> you have to get rid of the last one before you open the new box. I'll point out that we have been eating other mini cones for months with that one sitting there in well, the back I of the freezer. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> anyway, that was my low. Oliver sapping too much of my wife's love and affection. I apologize. I do not fully repent because I'm sure I'll do it again. But I do apologize. Well, it's all good. It was still actually, the flavors were okay if the texture was kind of awful. What was your low, Rach? My low happened last Sunday when Matt and I had our first, it felt like, official fight since Oliver was born. We haven't had lots of disagreements. And for the most part, I've been really impressed with how we've been able to communicate and keep ourselves in check. But he didn't sleep super well Saturday night and was just kind of getting on both of our nerves. And come Sunday morning, he was a bit inconsolable. So I'm trying to console him. Matt's doing some stuff for church that he needs to do that morning. And at some point, he comes over and very kindly, I do not say that sarcastically, very kindly offers a piece of advice and how to console Oliver. Now, in that moment, I did not take it so well because I had been with him all week and felt like I knew how to console Oliver and did not need input from someone who wasn't there all week. <laughs> oh, wow. Which is not true at all because he's a complex kid and we both know different pieces of him and... I was clearly not succeeding in consoling him. And so I did genuinely need help. But in that moment, I got very defensive and lashed out and got a little mad. Which then spirals things and it never goes well. 
And so we've already processed this where we did not stay mad at each other all week. We resolved this very quickly, even before church started. But I just want to say again that that was my low. I apologize. I think you said to me, this is the first time it feels like we aren't on the same team. And Woof, that's a barb. I, felt I was really- <laughs> apparently throwing some barbs too. I felt really bad after that. <laughs> you know, I had actually already forgotten. That feels like three weeks ago. To yeah. Me. I think I would have forgotten it were it not for this podcast in which I wrote it down <laughs> to remember to talk about it That's as my comforting. low. Huh? I feel like I now joke about giving you tips. That's how much we move past yeah. that particular fight. I mean, it's a careful balance. You want to give each other agency and independence and empower them to feel like, yeah, of course, you're his dad. You're his mom. You can take care of him well. And then also, sometimes the other person needs help or needs someone to tag team in and it's tricky to figure out how to word those things tone everything is involved especially in moments of high stress well and i think early on it's so hard to give suggestions to one another because you don't want that to sound like an evaluation of them i remember that was one of my tensions and that's why i then got frustrated because i offered you kind of this idea you responded defensively and then i just felt like well i can never say anything which then it all spiraled. And then I didn't say anything, which is when you then were like, we need to talk about this. So all resolved yeah. it is in the past, but that was my low because yeah. I like being on the same team as you. Yeah. As I think about it, if I compared that to my mini cone accident or incident, not accident, because it was actually purposeful and that's the part of the problem here. It was left up to fate. If I compare that fight to the mini cone incident, the mini cone remains my low for sure. Shall we move on to highs? Happier times? Yes. Why don't you go first for highs? Okay. My high this past week was that we had aunts and uncles in town. You will hear about this more on a bonus episode. Sometime in the future. Sometime in the future. You'll hear from the aunts and uncles themselves about their experience with Oliver. But it was just a huge gift for me. Especially during COVID, we've been very cautious about the number of people Oliver can see, which really has been almost no one besides grandparents up to this point. And so it felt like a huge deal to have aunts and uncles. We, you know, took all the precautionary measures we could, but felt that at this point in time, for us personally, the benefits outweighed some of the risk and we were willing to take that on. So... Caleb and Lauren came down from Oregon and then Joel, who lives in the area, just was able to be around. And it was such a joyous time. One, because that was the most people I've been in a room with since March, (laughs) (laughs) which isn't that many and is kind of insane. But also just to watch other people find so much joy in Oliver and delight. I mean, everyone was basically fighting over who could hold him and... It was just wonderful. At the end of the weekend, I realized I've hardly held my son this weekend. It was yeah. quite strange. Matt and I kind of did like the logistical work. I still need to feed him. We still need to change his diaper. No one volunteered for that, strangely enough. But You wanted someone to volunteer to feed him? No, not that part, <laughs> but the diaper change. Yeah, no one volunteered to change his diaper. But everyone was all in for the cuddles, and it was just so sweet to have him be adored. My sister-in-law, Lauren, pointed out this is the first young kid in the family on the Tim side and because of that he really gets spoiled with the attention there are 
there will always be other kids down the road. And so to have him be. Is that an announcement? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> if there are more kids, it means they won't be the first one. <laughs> that is true. Good conditional statements. And so it just felt special to have that time with everyone. Yeah. That was my high. That was good. I actually forgot that that was in this past week. The listener should know, when I sit down to record this podcast, I pull out a notes app where I do track some notes, but I don't track everything. And so then sometimes I'll easily forget what's happened in the past week. But that that was a good high. That should really be a mutual high. Yeah. I'm going to bring two others, though. Oh, two others. Yeah. Okay, go for it. The first is the end of Oliver as Oliver's nickname. Oh, man, this is an amazing high. I thought this would make it for sure for you, but... Last night, we gave him a bath, and faithful listeners will know that in the past, Oliver and water have not mixed, hence I call him Oliver. But last night, not a peep, not a cry, not a whimper. He went into the bath, and he just sat there. I don't know if happily is the right word, but neutrally? Neutral is fantastic. A miracle. Yeah. He did not cry. He did not scream. He just seemed very content. The water was legit warm. He had some Epsom salts in there at the instruction of his massage therapist, who he continues to see, but less and less frequently, for those of you who are wondering. And I wish we could take credit for this, but the reality is we did everything exactly the same as we've done before, other than the fact that we fed him right before we did a bath. But besides that, the formula was the same. He just took it neutrally this time he's just growing up so fast anyway that's one i've got a twofer though because my other high was a moment where rachel was reading him a book which was just a gorgeous moment but it took a turn from the sweet to the comedic when rachel started it was a it was a farm book and rachel started to make the animal noises and i realized oh goodness Rachel may have never seen a real animal before because none of these noises sound remotely accurate. The only one I had to give her credit for was the rabbit, which she said, nibble, 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 which I thought that's creative because who knows what a rabbit sounds like. But all the rest. I got the dog right. Can we hear some of your animal noises? We are not there yet. We need people (laughs) to pledge financial support before I do animal sounds on the air. I was dying. It was so funny. Oliver also loved it. He was smiling, a little giggles. You'll do anything for your kid. Yeah. Don't worry, listener. I then jumped in and followed up with more accurate animal noises. But, oh, it cracked me up. I was laughing so hard. That's a great high. That was my other high. There was some good stuff that happened. I'm grateful for that in the midst of a crazy world. Should we move on to our takes? Yes. Do you want me to lead off? Go for it. We just really need to plan this out rather than ask for every single part. <laughs> it of does the seem redundant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I will lead off. Here's my take My attention span has grown so much worse as a parent. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we all have issues, I think, keeping track of things sometimes. But I used to be, I think, pretty good. If I was heading in a direction to do something, I'd remember what I was going to do, even if I got distracted. No more, my friends. No more. Now, okay, after this, I'm going to do laundry. If something just barely catches my attention, I'll completely forget for 30 minutes that I'm supposed to be doing laundry. Rachel, early on in the middle of the night, observed that I would stand up 
because I would be going to get something for Oliver. I would hit our bedroom door and then I would forget. So at which point I would turn around, at which point I would remember and I would turn around, at which point I would forget and I would turn back around and I would look like, well, you describe what I looked like. What did I say? I forget. Oh, you said I looked like a video game character. Oh, yeah. Who was stuck against a wall or something. Like glitching. And just spinning or glitching because I was constantly remembering and then forgetting, remembering and then forgetting or remembering multiple things at once and not having the mental faculty to decide which one I was going to go for first. So it's just an observation that, wow, my attention span is really kind of plummeted. Uh, Not in all things. It's more in the sequential nature of simple tasks. Yes, I totally agree. I'm still able to sit down and do things for longer periods of time. Like work, it hasn't interfered with work. But especially when it's like, okay, I need to get a burp cloth and then I need to find a pacifier and then I need to get the swaddle off the laundry. That's going to be a nightmare. I'm going to end up downloading a new app on my phone by the time I get back with one of those things because I've gotten that distracted. So I have the same experience when I go to feed him. We have an app that tracks, you know, which breast you start with, left or right, and then you're supposed to start with the one that you didn't start with the last time. Anyway. (laughs) incredibly detailed could have just said it tracks his feeding no but it's relevant so it tells you you're supposed to start with the left or the right and i go to look at it usually before i wake him up from my nap so i look and it says left so i tell myself left 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 <laughs> left and then i go to pick him up and by the time i may get 10 steps from the bedroom back to the living room <laughs> i have no absolutely no memory for a million dollars i could not remember left or right who knows i don't that's for sure yeah i mean i'm sympathetic i don't have to remember left or right but i'm sure i wouldn't be able to either well that's my take attention span for menial tasks at an all-time low in my life i wonder if it will get better or continually get worse if any listeners have older kids please send us an email at timsteak at gmail.com and let us know if we should prepare for the inevitable Yeah, we would love to hear it. Okay, what's your take, Rach? My take is that this week we started introducing a bit more of a schedule to Oliver's life and therefore back into our lives, which was so exciting. (laughs) Matt and I are big schedule people, so this was a big deal. And at the same time, overwhelming. A lot of advice and books and blogs, wherever you get your content, suggest that the first six weeks with a new baby you're just supposed to adhere to their schedule so you don't try to have too much of a routine they mentally brain development wise can't handle too much of a routine or schedule so go with the flow as much as possible but then you hit week six and they're slowly supposed to start and they're to... ready to go to the military academy <laughs> is how rachel's approached it they're slowly supposed to start being able to have a schedule so i jumped on that bandwagon boy you jumped in hard and for the most part it's been very successful but i also felt the stress of okay we're at week six this needs to be perfect and i had a bit of a meltdown earlier this week in which again with the math there's so many timetables because now he's supposed to sleep for a certain amount of time and then be awake for a certain amount of time but that all starts at different windows and there's contradictory advice and tips And it just felt like a lot. 
Listener, do you remember when we were talking about Rachel spilling the water on the bed? And I just kept asking, how does that happen? Rachel's response to working out how bedtime works was very similar. She just kept asking, but how does this work? I could not figure it out. But we started some experimenting, and he's actually doing really well. So this was the first week we put him down in a separate room to nap. And then we've used our baby monitor to keep an eye on him. But he's been doing pretty well during the day. It really frees up some time, which is nice to have some of that back. And he's done great. But I wanted to share a little quote from a book that helped me process this. Oh, I love this. So we're going to link to this book, which I got myself. And it's called The Little Book of Support for New Moms. Just a great overall resource that I've really enjoyed. Everything from smoothie recipes to yoga workouts to just mental, spiritual healing exercises to do after birth. But I thought this quote really addressed what I was just talking about. It says, parenting was so much easier when I raised my non-existent children hypothetically. Don't be afraid to rip up your rule book when baby is here. Whatever works for you and your baby is more important than any self-imposed judgment you laid out beforehand. You are not a failure because you are not meeting the standards of pre-parent you. You are a glorious success negotiating your way through the needs of a tiny human being, and every day you are learning a little bit more. And it was just a reminder that I had all these ideas before I had Oliver, and when he actually comes, sometimes it doesn't work like that, and sometimes it doesn't follow strictly what the blog and the book says that needs to happen to get a result. He's not a formula. He's not a puzzle piece. He's a human. And he's going to have his own things. And Matt reminded me of that gracefully in our conversation this week. Reminded Rachel of that as she said, what if I've just ruined his sleep for the rest of his life? At which point I said, well, probably not the rest of his life. To which she responded, well, six months at least. Sometimes I'm a little hard on myself. Just a little bit. That book, again, was The Little Book of Support for New Moms. The authors are Becky Haynes and Alexis Stickland to give them credit. And we'll link to it in the notes below the episode. Great take. Thanks. Well, that's now, it. It, now it's time for... Just kidding. There's no mailbag this week. We have a semi-strict mailbag policy that if... Someone just reaches out to us individually. We generally do not include it in the episode. There's been one or two exceptions to this. Uh, but really, it's the things that come into timsteak at gmail.com that we interact with. But you did have a kind of cool experience. Do you want to give her a little shout out? Yeah, a little shout out to Ellen, who I was friends with in college. We had a mentoring relationship for a year back at Calvin University. And she reached out to me this week. It's been years since we talked, since either of us were at Calvin. But she reached out and said, hey, I've been listening to your podcast and I love podcasts. I think it's been so great to hear the way you guys are talking about this new parenting journey for you, your vulnerability. It's just been super fascinating to hear what life as a parent is like. And it was super fun to hear from her just the way this podcast, as humble and small as it is, and really mostly for us, it's been great to connect with people that we haven't connected with in so long and to feel like they're experiencing part of this with us. I think we can stop saying it's just for us now because we're really enjoying having people listen and interacting with them along the way, right? That's true. So please send an email. Can I suggest something? Yeah, please. If you want to take things to another level, Record a question, a brief question, 
send the audio file, an audio memo or a voice memo to us at timsteak at gmail.com. And we might just include and interact with that question. We might include it in a future episode. There you go. Your voice could be a voice of the podcast. Not, you don't have to. Emails still work. That's more than welcome. But just throwing that out there. Don't send us a 15-minute sort of email in a voice memo. Just a simple question in a voice memo, and maybe it will be in a future episode. Great idea. That'd be fun, huh? I love it. Cool. Well, I think that's a wrap with no mailbag. Week seven. Week seven. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. That's your Tim's tape. <laughs>